0: Over the last 2,000 years, we've turned Jesus into a blonde haired, blue eyed Goyim, Gentile. Now, let me first say, to shock everybody, and it's okay if you have pictures of a blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus, but that's not what he looked like. That's what the Europeans want you to think he looked like. (laughs) Jesus was a Sephardic Jew, which meant that he'd have been a Jew from his ancestry from the lineage of David which would have been that his lineage came from North Africa and from Spain. And so Jesus would have been darker skinned and, and woolly hair. Uh, he would have not had uh, long blonde hair and blue eyes and skin of alabaster. <laughs> but church has done a lot of things to change not only what Jesus looks like, but what Jesus was like, you know, I, I knew. Ex- I've known for, uh, gosh, a few weeks how I was going to open up today's message and what what I would use as an illustration of where we are on God's calendar today. On Wednesday was Rosh Hashanah. That is a a shadow of the day of the Rapture when God will come and look at his church and say who is righteous and who is not righteous. Now, unfortunately, now I don't believe anybody in this church fits this category, but unfortunately, on the day of the rapture, there will be some who will not make it. How many realize that the rapture is not the judgment of God on the world? The rapture is God's judging of his people. And there may be some who have received Jesus, but have become lukewarm. Or who are religious, but they're not loving one another, or they're not paying their tithes, or they're not, they're not helping anyone. And, you know, that's why the Lord said, if we say we love God, but we don't help anybody else, then we're not telling the truth. And so then... On that day, that's not the second coming, that's what we refer to as the rapture. And so if the rapture took place, God's love for us is so great that he gives the world seven more years. And this is depicted in Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we have seven more days until Yom Kippur. So here the rapture takes place. After the rapture, everybody that's been serving the Lord and doing what the Lord wants them, we get caught up. Our, it's over for us. We, 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 got it. we got it made in the shade. Now I need some amens from somebody that's gonna make the rapture. And and then then even then there comes the, the, the day of judgment. And even those of us who made the rapture. We will stand there at the day of judgment and we will be rewarded for what we did or didn't do. That's what Jesus is talking about is the sheep and the goats. Now sheep and goats are all in the flock and I said this I think Friday what's the difference between sheep and goats? When the when the shepherd tells the sheep what to do, they say, "Yeah, But when he tells the goats what to do, they go, yeah, but. (laughs) And so someday, even though we're saved, even though we're born again, even though we've received Jesus as our Savior, someday you and I will be rewarded forever and ever and ever according to what we did. That's why the Bible says work out yourself. We're saved by grace But we're rewarded by obedience. But Some of you are looking at me like, I knew I shouldn't have come today. (laughs) But this is why it's the good news. This, this week, is a shadow or a rehearsal of what is going to come someday. How many know that someday, when the Lord comes to tabernacle with us forever and ever and ever... That, that there will be no sickness, there will be no tears, Amen. there will be no sorrow. Amen. Now listen to me. If we return to him this week, we can, if he doesn't come this year, we can have that on earth and God's blessing covering us in every area. What the Lord wants us to do is spend our energy not fighting the devil and winning. What the Lord wants us to do is walk in victory and spend that energy winning the world, the Jesus. This is the beginning of the latter rain. And I know for a fact that God wants every one of us to be a part of it. You know, I'm going to start this message out with a story. And this story was something that was the beginning of changing my life after I knew Jesus as my Savior. And so I've known I'm going to tell this story. But, you know, God just gave me fuel to my fire today when I was driving in the church because I had, once again, the radio on. Now, a lot of times, I listen to the... I like, before I preach, not only do I pray, but I like to listen to other people preaching so I can get built up in the Word. But sometimes other people preaching builds me up in another way. And my whole thought, that, you know, the, the, the listen to the title of this message. Rosh Hashanah. You are created for greatness. That's what the Talmud says about you. That's what, that's what the teaching on God's Word is. From the moment you were conceived, you were created for greatness. Now I'm going to show you today how the enemy has blocked that blessing in many of us. But it doesn't matter what a teacher says, what a parent says, what a school system says, what a psychiatrist says. God says, from the moment you are conceived, you are created for greatness. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap offering. You're created for greatness. Not not failure. Not being average. You are created in the image of God. So therefore, you are created for greatness. God wants to bless you in so many ways, whether we deserve it or not. But as I'm coming in, I'm listening to the radio, my opening opening statement is you're created for greatness. I was listening to this guy. You know what his opening message is? Today I'm going to teach off a title of my book, Hell Yes, And he went on this whole thing about how God's going to send children to hell and people to hell and sending all these people to hell. His whole message was, I almost veered off. That's what religion has taught you for about 1,700 years. Boy, that God wants to catch you in the rapture. He's, he's going to come, you know, the, 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 the day, the day you're, you're doing something wrong, he's going to come because he wants to catch you. That is not our God. I break that religious curse on your minds right now. That is not your God. What does the Bible say about the coming of the Lord? He will not catch you unaware. You know, it's amazing how, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this guy preach, how God's going to get you, and if he catches you, you're burning. And he even used the story of, I, I I'm not even going to tell it. A little girl who never heard the gospel, she going to burn. That's not my God. My God loves you so much that he does everything he can to wake you up Not just so we can spend forever and ever and ever in the streets of gold, but that he can bring you his blessing down on the ground while we're still around. You know, when I first got saved, you know, you all know my story. I was, uh, I was, I lived in South America. I was in the import-export business of all natural substances. (laughs) Oh, don't look at me like you have no no habla inglés. I was a drug dealer. And you know what? When I got saved, I didn't get saved because I was worried about going to hell. I didn't get saved because I was worried about the judgment of God. I saw a story about Jesus Christ, and I saw him dying on the cross. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Larry, everything you're looking for in the world, it's in me. Listen, I, 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 I smoked dope because I wanted to feel better. I got saved because I wanted to feel better. Oh, give me an amen. Amen. When I was a drug addict, I wasn't into downers. I was into uppers. And when I got saved, they kept trying to give me downers. I mean, it took them two years to convince me of how mean God was. Finally, religion convinced me that God was up there and he's just waiting to judge you and he's waiting to use you for an example. There is nowhere in the Bible that it says that. My Bible says that when He opens the windows of heaven over you, all the world will call you blessed. It says nothing about everybody's going to run to God because you get sick and you lose your job and you have to. You don't have a car. There's nothing in no, nobody. You know, it, religion says you know we go we go to the bars and go. You need to get what I got. They go. I'm drinking to get rid of what you got. I'm smoking this so I don't feel like you do. People want to know if there's a cure for what religion has. Our God is not a downer God. Our God is not a taking God. It is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And just for all those who say they don't deserve it, neither do you. It's called Amazing Grace. How sweet. Can I have an amen? Yeah. When I got saved, I got, I got saved because I, 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 something told me that everything I'm looking for is in Jesus. You're not going to find it in smoking dope. You're not going to find it in getting drunk. You're not going to find it in sleeping around with someone. What you're looking for can only be filled by Jesus Christ. And you you know what? If anybody didn't deserve to get saved, it was me. Think about it. I came to church stoned. No, I'm not saying that to be funny. I came to church. This guy's going to take me to church. I said, man, I've been in church. I'm going to get high so I don't get bored. But I came to church and saw a movie about Jesus Christ and I didn't know one scripture, but something said, this is what you're looking for. Not religion. This is what you're looking for. And I came down to that altar and I said, God, if you're real, be real to me. Long hair, no shoes, earrings, tattoos. And and nobody in the church would even pray for me. They looked at me and went, he'll never make it. No, seriously, that became my church. These are my friends. Nobody prayed, myself and a friend of mine, all the the good. Oh, God, send us souls. Send us souls. Not the ones that look like that, though. (laughs) But I got saved because of God's love and God's grace. But then religion took that away. And all of a sudden, it was about God's judgment and how much God's going to get you. But, you know, what God had to do was get, get rid of those religious curses. Tiz and I were pastoring in Australia, and this is, this, is the, this is the truth before the Lord. I had a vision. I was actually taking a shower. And, and when I came out of that vision, I don't know if it lasted 30 minutes or 40 minutes, but it was somewhere around an hour. When I, literally, when I came out of that vision, the water was not hot. It was cold. And in that vision, see, you got to understand, religion told me that God's going to get you, and God's going to judge you, and God will take your kids away from you, and you're going to do this. If you make this mistake, you're going to pay the price. That's what I was told. And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so I believe that God was like this big, this big truant officer, this big this big police officer with a, this big judge with a big bat waiting for you and I to make a mistake. And then it went, all of a sudden this vision came to me and I saw God blessing his people and I saw people full of joy and I saw people full of victory and I won't get into all of it but it was an intense, real vision from God. And when I came out of this, I said to God, because I so saw what I didn't have, and I said to God, God, what do I need to do to be a part of this? Now now, I'm taking a long time to tell you this, but this is the whole key of where we're going this year. Because of the teaching in the church, I said, God, how do I get? We were told that we were poor because that was God's way of doing it friend of mine had an automobile accident and broke his back. That was the will of God to teach us a lesson. That's not our God. Our God is a loving Father. And so when I saw God blessing and victory and, and joy and peace, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, how do I get to be a part of this? And I literally in my mind thought that I'd have to take my family and go be a missionary in the jungles of New Guinea or something because I had to do something to suffer so I could receive God's blessing. That's what I was taught. you got to pay the price. And when I said, Lord, what do I do? I want to see this. What do I do? You know what God told me? He said, I want you to tell the world, I'm a good God. I'm not a hard taskmaster. I am a good God. Now, that was 20 years ago. And even today, people are thinking that we need to go through this. God's getting ready to judge us. 30 days before, God says, I want you to take a trumpet. And I want you to blow it for 30 days. In Jerusalem, there's the Temple Mount. One is the Western Wall where, where you see everybody praying. Then they comes to a corner, and then there's the other wall where the temple steps are, where Peter stood on the steps and said, this was that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, where those two walls meet, there was what used to be, now it's laying down because Rome tried to destroy the temple, there was what was called a cornerstone. And on that cornerstone, on for 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, the high priest, would stand out from the wall... Stand on that cornerstone, and for 30 days, blow that shofar. People would be working in their shop, or late mothers would be in their home, or children would be playing, or people would be in their fields, and all of a sudden they'd hear, and they'd go, I know what that is. That's the trumpet of God. This is where the scripture says, blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm, the alarm on the holy city. Let the people know that the day of the Lord is close at hand. So they didn't have television and they didn't have clocks and they didn't have calendars the way we did. But all of a sudden they'd be plowing or a mother would be, cooking, and all of a sudden they'd hear, for 30 days. Why? Because God is saying, no matter what you've gone through, in 30 days, in 29 days, in 15 days, in three days, in one day, I'm going to open a book. And I want to make sure your name is written to be blessed. Look with me in the book of Exodus, chapter 32. Do you have it? Chapter 32, verse 29. Look at this. Then Moses said, consecrate yourselves today to the Lord that he may bestow on you a blessing this day for every man has opposed his son and his brother and it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people you have sinned a great sin so now I will go up to the Lord and perhaps I can make atonement for your sin then Moses returned to the Lord and said "Oh, these people have sinned a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold yet now if you will forgive their sin but if not I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. Now, every Christian has heard that scripture. Every preacher somewhere along the line has preached it. But I want you to think about what Moses is saying. He says he comes down from the mountain speaking with God in a burning bush, has the Ten Commandments, And when he comes down, the very people that have been in slavery for 400 years, that God caused Pharaoh to let him go, came out with all the silver and the gold, parted the Red Sea, he's up on the mountain, he comes down, and the people have backslid and begin to worship other gods. And so he looks to God and he says, Lord, I know they've sinned. I know they messed up again, but Lord, forgive them. But if you won't forgive them, blot my name out of the book also. I played football for Missouri State, and we used to have to run bag hills on Monday for every penalty we got, every yard of penalty we got in the game. So if if you got 15 yards, you had to put the bag at the end of practice, the big... Tackling dummy and run up the hill 15 times. But if you had friends, if you had 15 friends, you'd run one and they'd run one for you and then you only have to do one. And the coach would let you do that. That's what Moses is saying. Now I've done that. My friends got 15 yards and I'm tired, practice is over, and I'll run one. But I'm not running all 15 of them. Now I may love you, but I'm not running all 15 of them. That's the same thing. People say, well, what book is Moses talking about? Well, it's the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, number one, there's no way Moses would say, Lord, if they're going to go to hell, then let me go to hell too. I love you. But I ain't going to hell for you. (laughs) When Moses said, Lord, if you're going to erase their name, erase my name too, It's not the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb hasn't come for a couple thousand years. There is no Lamb's book of life. You have to read it in Hebrew. This is called the book of blessing. Now, one of the translations is is the book of life and death, but it's not eternal. Remember, these are rehearsals. Someday it will be eternal. But right now, it's the book of life and death for your blessing. God has this year stored up for you a barrel of blessing. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, and he loves you so much that whether we're working in the field or cooking dinner, for 30 days, he goes... Why? Because he's not wanting to get you caught you he's sounding the alarm for 30 days and then he opens the book and says have they been gossiping have they been backbiting have they been tithing have they been robbing god return to me and i will return to you so on this service every, everyone sitting here <laughs> we all know if we've been gossiping Say amen. Amen. Now, I know what Christian people do. it. They call it concern. (laughs) Bring, bring. Hello? Uh, Is this brother sounding brass? Yes, it is. This is sister tinkling cymbal. And I'm just calling you to pray because I'm concerned. No, you're gossiping. You're gossiping. Every one of us here knows if we've been tithing. And God has a blessing. Look what the scripture says here. He says, return to me and I'll return to you. This is the period of return. He blows the trumpet. He gives a messenger a message to reconnect us to the covenant so that the blood of Jesus can be released on us and we can return unto all that Jesus paid for by his blood and we can be that glorious bride with no sickness and no debt and nothing blocking the blessing. Can I have an amen? He says in this, and he says, I will open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing You won't have room enough to receive it. Now look at me a second. That word window is is mistranslated a little bit. In Hebrew, it's the word yeshod. And the word yeshod means that there is a divine channel from the throne of God to your need. There is a divine channel, a portal, that nothing in this world can block if you and I return to him, he'll return to us. Now watch this. That tunnel is meant that the blessing of God will flow unrestricted. That's why I taught during the offering that God even says, if you return, if you've not been tithing, if you start tithing this week and say, God, forgive me, I repent, I'm going to start doing it, God will bless you this whole next year as if you've been tithing for a whole year. Now people say ah, that doesn't sound. religion says that can't happen. Jesus taught it. Jesus taught it in Matthew. Remember when Jesus said this is the way the kingdom of heaven works. It's like a man who had a vineyard. See, we can't understand what Jesus is saying. If we don't understand, you know, people all the time say, you know, you hear people say, well, Jesus didn't talk about tithing. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus didn't talk about tithing. Well, sure he did. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus said, you're paying tithe of even the smallest seed, which you ought to do. And then he went on, because he don't have to talk about tithing, they're already doing it. To understand what Jewish Rabbi Jesus is teaching, we got we to gotta, we gotta come back to the message. So here's what Jesus says. He said, this is the way the kingdom of heaven works. He said, "It says, as a man owned a vineyard. And he went into the market and found people to come and work for him. And so they came early in the morning and they're working and they're doing what the master says to do. And then at noon, he went to the market and found others. And he brought them. And they started working. And then an hour before payday... See, we've all heard that scripture, but nobody's told it what it means. So an hour before payday, he goes and finds some more and he brings them in. And so an hour later, it's pay time An hour pay time, pay time begins Wednesday night. And so he goes and gives, gives the guys who, who worked the full day. He gives them what he promised. And then the guys who worked the half a day, he gives them the same as the guys who worked the whole day. And then the guys who only worked an hour, he gives them as much as the guys who worked the whole day. And the guys who worked the whole day said, Hey! What's up, Holmes? And he said, Why would you care if I bless them? It has nothing to do with you. This comes from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. If, if I don't treat Tiz right, or Tiz doesn't treat me right, even though God has a barrel of blessing, if I don't treat, I, I love you, I can fast, I can pray, I can study, I can speak Hebrew, I can put on my keep, I can wear my, my, my talit, I can wrap my thaline around when I pray, nothing will happen because if I say I love God and don't love my brother or my wife, my prayers are hindered. And so even though, well, let's say I'm not doing it a whole lot, then we're getting trickle. We're getting trickle. We're getting trickle. What if we, well, okay, Lord, I'm going to, you know what? Somebody wronged me, and I'm, you know, I'm going to wait until Christmas, and then they'll know I'm really mad at them, and then I'll forgive them. Will God forgive me? Yeah, but you only get this much pipe open. How would you like the whole pipe open? How how many know that if if I stood outside your door every day for 30 days and blew that shofar in your window, you could never say, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know. What happened? But God loves us so much... That he gives us this time because on Wednesday and then this next week, Wednesday to Sunday, he's going he's to rewrite the book. So on Wednesday he opened it up and he said, Sister Sounding Brass has been gossiping. No blessing this year. Brother Tinkling Symbol has not been tithing. I had a blessing but no blessing this year. But then... He brings you and I together to remind each other. And then he gives us seven more days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, seven more days. So come Wednesday, and then this week we'll go in the Feast of Tabernacles after that, he'll rewrite your name. And he said, if you return to me, I will return to you. And I will open you up the windows of heaven. How many think the world realized, and there's no way I can read all the scriptures. You've got to get Wednesday and Friday. The whole world has realized we cannot trust the world. But we can trust the kingdom of God. Can I have an amen? Isaiah 55. This is a, the, the scripture that we, we read on Friday is a scripture that every rabbi, every teacher is commanded by the Talmud to read to his students. To read to his people. commanded, everywhere across the world, that is the Scripture. And it says, return to me, and I'll return unto you. And then it says, I'm going to turn your thorns into myrtle trees. I'm going to turn your thistles into into, uh, cypress trees. Everything that's been cursing you, what Satan's meant for evil, I'm going to reverse the curse. And then he says, not only that, but your children... If you'll return to me today and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to put you back on the throne. I've kind of gotten lukewarm. He said, your children will go. Why am I not serving God? How many want your children, your grandchildren serving God? See, this is a miracle time. But this is the sister scripture to it. Look at Isaiah 55, verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near." Now, let let me just stop right there because I was going to paraphrase it, and I taught this on Friday. Look at me real quick. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The rabbis, the ancient rabbis of the Talmud teach, God is there to hear your prayers every day of the year. So what does this scripture mean? Seek him when he's near. Call on him while he may be found. Seek him while he may be found. Call him while he's near. That during the period from Rosh Hashanah to the Feast of Tabernacles, we are closer to heaven. You know, when the, when the, when, when the world, uh, uh, the, the, the universe, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When, when we re- uh, revolve, there are times we're closer to the sun and times we're further from the sun. Do you understand? That's what, that's what appointed our seasons. During this time, the rabbis say, you and I are closer to heaven today, this next week. We're closer to heaven than we are to earth. And if we respond to him and say, Lord, I'm putting you back on the throne, then next year, heaven will rule your circumstances and the earth won't. Isn't that neat? Look what it says here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked, that, this is called. This is during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Let the wicked forsake his ways on the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now I'm going to read the rest of it here, but let me give you this. Look at that word right here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. That means during this holy time in God's calendar. The word found means with no effort on your part. No effort. It literally means like a man who stumbles upon a treasure. He doesn't deserve it. We don't earn it. We've not done what was right. But because of God's love for us, and, and one of the illustrations is, is, let's say a man's not been working a job, not been taking care of his family, not been paying his bills, and all of a sudden he said, you know what, pastor's right, I need to come back to the Lord, I'm going to get my life right, I'm going to get out there and provide for my family, and he turns out the door to find a job, falls over a bag of money, and becomes rich. You say, well, he doesn't deserve it. That's my point. That's why this is such a wonderful time. How many are ready to just stumble over the blessing of God? That's what this means. Look what it says. Look at this. is a scripture everybody knows, but nobody knows it's related to this week. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways says the lord see religion says you don't deserve it god says it doesn't matter when you return to me this week i'll i'll it'll be to me like you've been doing it right for the whole year my ways are not your ways for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways my thoughts than your thoughts For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but water the earth and bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so my word shall be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void isn't it amazing how we know that scripture but didn't know what it related to my word shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You shall go out with joy and be led out with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth unto singing before you, and all the trees shall yield, and the fields shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar, shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to the Lord for a namesake, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Shall not be cut off. Let me close with this. How many believe it's a good idea? It's a smart thing. To return unto the Lord in every area. If you believe it, give the Lord a clap offering and say amen.